When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Simon Brooks, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and bring you back safely. Today, it's 82 degrees Fahrenheit and sunny. It was so humid last night, I was not sure if I slept much at all. The air was oppressive when I woke, and the sky somewhat dark for 6.30 in the summertime. After a big stretch, I rolled over face down on the edge of the bed, and Mo gave me a big, wet lick. Her tongue is almost the size of a serving plate, it seems to me, so I got a full face wash from her. I guess I needed to get up. Feeding the animals, the sky got darker and darker, and then Mo stopped eating a tail went between her legs. She let out a whine. The thunderstorm lasted about 30 or 40 minutes, and I had to rescue Moe's food from Miley the cat, who doesn't care what bowl she eats from, as long as there's food in it. The rain stopped, the sun came out, as did that most glorious of smells, wet grass after a storm. Dressed and booted up, we headed out, It was fresh, the air was clear, all humidity gone. The birds sang for each other, the trees whispered their secrets and the sun reflected in the drops hanging from the plants. As I ducked beneath this particularly loaded branch, trying to stay dry, I saw some shadows in the distance. It seemed like a person leaning over someone else. I stood up and immediately got a soaking from the rain-covered branch. Rising my shoulders and looking down, trying not to get too wet, I saw something shining in the ground. This story is an old story from a long time ago. And it comes from a land far, far away in a country that very few of us have visited, in a town that hardly any of us know. In this village, there was a husband and wife. They'd known each other since childhood and been married a few years, and they had never said one harsh word to each other. They loved each other with all their being. He would go out and work in the fields, and she was a seamstress and she would make and mend clothes. And this is how they made their life. One day, the husband went out to work as normal, and the wife was staying at home as normal. And she finished up the robes for for one of the priests, and she had wrapped it up in brown paper and string and put it to one side. There was a good part of the day left, so she decided to make supper for the evening. She threw all the ingredients in the great pot, swung it over the fire, added herbs and spices. Mmm, the aroma filled the room. But it was the monsoon season, and the clouds began to cover the sky. 
and the rain began to fall heavily. She could hear the raindrops battering on the roof. She could feel the wind pressing against the windows and the doors. But the fire roared and kept the house warm, and the smell of the food filled the house. It was a good smell. It was a warm, comforting smell. She decided to make herself some tea, and did so. But as it got darker and darker, she lit the lamp. And the lamp watched everything that she did. The flame flickered and spread its illumination around the room. And it watched her move from one side of the kitchen to the other. It watched her pour herself a cup of tea. It watched her carry the cup over to the big comfortable chair that was next to the fireplace. And the flame, as it flickered, watched her gently fall asleep to the soft crackle of the flames in the fireplace. This woman knew a story, and this woman also knew a song, but she had never told the story, and she had never sang the song. And the song and the story were fed up. And so the story decided to take its revenge upon the woman, and it decided to leave the woman. And so the story leapt up from her heart, up through her throat, and out of her mouth, turned itself into a pair of boots, and landed next to the door. The song, once it saw this, decided that it too would leave. And so it made its way up her throat, out of her mouth, and and turned itself into a coat and landed on a peg next to the door. You see, stories are like boots, and they like to travel. And songs are like coats. They like to wrap themselves around us and protect us from the cold. And the flame saw all of this. And the flame sat there and watched the woman as she slept and looked at the boots, and looked at the coat. Well, it wasn't long before the husband came home, and he opened the door, soaking wet, and he shook the drops of rain off himself, came into the house, and his wife, startled, woke up and turned round. Oh, hello, she said. I must have fallen asleep. Oh, I, hello. And he turned to hang his coat up, and he saw the coat that was already on his peg, and he looked down and saw the boots next to the door. Whose coat? Whose boots are these? Uh, I don't know, she said. What do you mean you don't know? You've been here all day, haven't you? Aye, oh, I have. But I don't know whose they are. How can you not know whose coat that is and whose boots those are, if you've been here all day? And for the first time ever, they began to argue and fight. And their words got more and more harsh. And their argument became more and more ugly, until at last the woman said, If you don't believe me, then why don't you leave? And the man turned and looked at her, and he said, I will. And he quietly walked out of the house, grabbing his coat as he went, shut the door behind him, and made his way off to the temple of the monkeys, which is the only place he could think of that would give him shelter for the night. The wife wept and wept and wept, and the flame watched. 
She tried to puzzle out where those boots had come from and where the coat had come from, but she had no idea. And the flame in the house watched and watched. Meanwhile, her husband had gone to the temple, and he made his way into the darkness of the temple, made his way all the way to the back, and he curled up on the floor with his back pressed against the cold, cold wall and wondered what had happened. But then, flames started to arrive in the temple. You see, the temple of the monkeys was where all the flames went at night when they were turned out. And flame by flame arrived. And when the last flame came in, the other flames asked, Ooh, where have you been? Ah, where have you been? Where have you been? Ah, the house where I lived, inside there was an argument. The man stormed off in half. Ooh, how did that happen? What happened? Oh, tell us, tell us what happened. Well, he came home and there was a coat hanging up on a peg next to the door that was not his. And there was a pair of boots next to the door. A pair of boots that were not his that he'd never seen before. And over this they argued. Oh, is that why he left? That makes sense. Oh, yes, I would leave too. Ah, no, 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 said the flame. That is not the whole story. Oh, tell us. Yes, tell us. (laughs) Tell us. Oh, yes, you see, the woman, she knew a story. But she never told it, and so the story left her and turned into a pair of boots while she was sleeping. And also while she was sleeping, the song that she knew that had never been sung by her, it too left, but it turned itself into a coat and hung it up on the, hung itself up on the peg next to the door. She knew nothing of these things. And the man argued with her, saying that she should know whose coat and whose boots they were, but of course she did not. And because he did not believe her, he left. Oh, that is too bad. That is too bad. <laughs> that is too bad. And when the man had heard everything that the flames had said, he realized his mistake. He realized his error of misjudging his wife and of not believing her. But by now, It was too late to go back to the house. So he spent a long, cold night at the temple, sleeping on hard, cold floors. And when he woke up, he was stiff and aching, but despite this, he ran as fast as he could back through the streets to his home, and he found his wife there, making breakfast for herself. He quietly closed the door, and walked up to her and asked her for forgiveness. He told her about the flames and how the spirit of the flames had come to the temple and how he had heard the story that the story that she once knew had left her and turned itself into a pair of boots. And the song that she had once known had also left her and turned herself into the coat that hung on the peg next to the door begged for forgiveness, and she gave it to him. And then he asked if she could sing the song and tell him the story. And she thought, and she thought. And she knew, and she remembered that she had once known a story and that she had once known a song. But, sadly, when the song had left her and turned itself into the coat, It had left her for good, and the story 
had also left her. For good. So, if you know a song, then sing it. For the songs wrap us up like a great coat in winter. And if you know a story, tell it. For stories are like boots. They love to travel. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Seven Days Wedding Planning. You have heard of the epic Seven Day Weddings. You might have even been invited to one and left with a magical orange. And now it's your turn to walk down the aisle and depend on Seven Days Wedding to create a week of magic for you and your guests. Choose from our array of packages, including the classic package. A week of jousting, feasting, dancing, classical loot players, and a suckling pig. Vegan options available. The fairy tale package. A week of traipsing with fairy, going on quests, eating moonlight and laughter, and a lot of flowers and glitter. We're not responsible for centuries lost or other fairy-related issues. The woodland package. A full seven days with fawns, satires, dryads and wood spirits, while hiking side quests, camping in luxury, and visiting waterfalls, eating food off the trees, and a ceremony prepared and presided by Dionysus, the god of partying and wine. Or you can work with our planners to design your own seven days of merriment and fun. All our events come with unlimited food, designated drivers, and a medical tent for those who overexert themselves or need a place to rest before returning to the revelry. Seven days wedding planning. A week of magic you will never forget. Hopefully. Mo pushed past me and headed down the path, sniffing at every blade of grass and rock sticking out of the ground. Looking closer, it looked like a piece of metal. My fingers pushed into the damp earth and I pulled out a ring. Well, someone's not going to be happy. Maybe these two people had lost it and were looking for it. So I wouldn't lose it, I zipped it into my zip-up pocket. Better to make sure it was safe there than falling out of pocket if I started to run, which I did passing Mo to find the two people, but they were now nowhere to be seen. There was no way they could have got that far ahead. They were looking for something, I was sure of it. Mo didn't seem too interested in any of this. Usually, when there are folks on the trail, her tail goes up and her left paw rises and she spots, but nothing. Maybe the woods and shadows were playing tricks with me. What was I to do with the ring? I decided to call Rachel Ann and Isabel. They're both way smarter than me. Neither of them picked up, so I left a message. Hey, I found a ring in the woods today. It might have belonged to two people I saw on the trail, but it looks like a very special ring. I was going to try it on, but then I thought, what if Mordor sees me? Plus, it's a bit weird to put on someone else's ring. I'm going to try and figure out if it's magical and see what to do with it. Cheerio! I must have had poor reception, and when they called back, my phone didn't ring. But five minutes later, my phone beeped, and I had a voicemail from both of them. I listened to Isabel's first. Hi Simon, so good to hear from you and what a magical find. I've just spent a week in Ireland and I know for a fact that the Irish fairy queen is known for losing her sparkly things. So perhaps the American fae creatures are similar and you've just found a piece of fairy jewelry. 
In Ireland, you might be in trouble for finding it, but I know that the American fairies are a lot more benevolent. For your safety, I just double checked. So I'm sure this brings a good luck charm and will bestow good fortune upon the person who wears it. Have you tried touching it to a mighty tree, a grassy hill, or a fork in the road? Perhaps it will open the door into the fairy realm or light a rainbow path on the ground to a hidden treasure. Ah, oh, I'm dying to know what the story of this ring is. So do let me know how you get on. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, I really didn't think it was a good luck charm. I mean, it was a ring. And I hadn't tied touching it to a mighty tree, grassy hill, or fork in the road. Hmm, I'm not sure if I want to find any doors to the fairy realm. Although finding a hidden, hidden treasure would be pretty marvellous. I hit Rachel Ann's voice message. Hi, Simon and Mo. I am sorry, Mr. Call. A lost ring sounds like an amazing find. I would check for an inscription. King Solomon's ring on the inside said, this too shall pass. And then there's the one ring, which had um, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them, which is dramatic and a lot to fit on the inside of a ring. But I don't know, somehow they did it. If there's no inscription, maybe it has a magical feature. If you look through it, can you see into another world or maybe the future? I hope you find the owner soon and enjoy your walk in the magical woods. Okay, bye! Oh no, I had the one ring to bring them all. I'm not going to put that on. I mean, what if Mordor does exist? And there's no inscription on the inside. But I put the ring up to my eye and peered through it. Yeah, no, nothing there. Just the woods and Mo. I figured I would continue my hike with Mo, and so we set off. I would hand it into the police and let them deal with it. Then Mo stopped. Ears pricked, tail flagged, paw raised. I looked to where she was focused. Out of the brush, a fair distance away, a turkey took off into the sky, and Mo charged. As I watched the bird take a clumsy arc into the trees, the way the wings caught the light now made it look like a goose. Is your dog friendly? I heard a cry. Yeah. I followed the smews Mo had made through the ferns to find a man crouched, petting her, her tail wagging. Sorry, she's a bit too friendly at times, but will only lick you, otherwise she stays away or comes right back to me, which is also not a bad thing. Did I see you earlier on the trail? The man nodded and stood up. He was a lot taller than me and had this pale look to him, almost fairyish, really tall fairyish. Did you lose something? He nodded again. His dark blue eyes held me. A ring. Your dog kind of reminds me of Gromit. You know, in Wallace and Gromit? Were you with someone else? I asked. I thought I saw you looking for something earlier. I love Wallace and Gromit, as do my kids. Mo pushed up my leg. I was with someone else, he said, but she went further up the trail. He pointed to where the trail split, the direction Mo and I were not going on. Is this the ring? I unzipped my pocket and pulled it out. I knew immediately I should have asked him to describe it, but the relief on his face when he saw it said it all. It was his ring for sure. Lost no more, I said. He smiled at me, took it from my fingers, and vanished. I don't mean he ran off after his friend, or that he stepped into a hole and vanished. He disappeared. Poof. One minute there, the next minute gone. Rude, I thought. Not even a thank you. Oh, well. Mo and I continued on our walk, and I thought back at the 
ring and how it looked. Whosever ring that was, they were really one very lucky person. It was beautiful. The next storyteller is Julie Moss. For over 40 years, Julie has served diverse rural populations in Illinois and Colorado as an educator in the role of teacher and librarian. On a journey to China as a people-to-people ambassador, she gathered folk tales and put many of them in her book Old China through the eyes of a storyteller. I think you're going to enjoy this a lot. Sit back and listen. Weaving Fair Lady and Water Buffalo Boy A young boy once lived in the south of China. His family was very rich and owned much land. But when his parents died, his older brother inherited everything, as was the custom in old China. The older brother and his wife then threw the young boy out of the house with only an old water buffalo to keep him company. The boy and the water buffalo found a small cottage where they lived together. They were friends and kept each other company through the long days and nights, so that people started calling the boy Water Buffalo Boy. One day, when Water Buffalo Boy had become a young man, the Water Buffalo said, Would you like to get married? Water Buffalo Boy was amazed, since the Water Buffalo had never spoken to him before. You're talking! (gasps) Yes! Yes, I would like to get married. Very well. Go to the river where the star maidens bathe. Take the pink clothes and run away. So the next morning, Water Buffalo Boy went to the river and followed it through the grasses and green thickets of bamboo until he saw the seven maidens bathing out in the river. Then he took the pink clothes which belonged to the youngest maiden, and ran away to hide in a nearby thicket of bamboo. When the star maidens finished their bath, the youngest star maiden looked all over for her clothes, but could not find them anywhere. Have you seen my clothes? she asked all of her sisters, but none of them could tell her where they were. Her six sisters got dressed and called to their youngest sister, Hurry! Hurry and find your clothes! We must leave without delay. Father is waiting for our return. When the youngest star maiden could not find her clothes anywhere, her sisters flew back without her to heaven, where their heavenly father, the Jade Emperor, lived. Finally, The youngest star maiden spied Water Buffalo Boy in the bamboo thicket, holding her clothing, and asked him, Why did you take my clothes? Feeling ashamed, he said nothing, but held out her clothes. She dressed and followed him to his cottage, asking every once in a while, Why did you take my clothes? Water Buffalo Boy did not answer her for he was too ashamed of what he had done. When they got to the cottage, the youngest star maiden asked again, 
Why did you take my clothes? This time, the water buffalo answered, Honorable star maiden, he wants to get married. Oh, I would like that. Thank you, honorable water buffalo. My name is Weaving Fair Lady, because it is my job to weave clouds and rainbows into the sky. Water Buffalo Boy and Weaving Fair Lady fell in love and married soon after. They were poor, but happy. Eventually, the young couple had twin boys whom they loved very much. They lived thus for three earth years. This was a new and very different way of counting time for Weaving Fair Lady since she was accustomed to heavenly days, which equal one earth year. Meanwhile, on the heavenly day following the disappearance of the youngest star maiden, the Jade Emperor discovered she was missing. The next heavenly day, the third year on earth, he sent other gods to bring her back, because without her, the heavens were empty and no longer beautiful. After much searching, they found her, and pulling her from her husband's and her son's arms, took her back to her father. Water Buffalo Boy was very sad at the loss of his beautiful wife. She meant everything to him. The little boys missed their mother, especially at night when they cried themselves to sleep. One evening, the water buffalo said, Kill me. Use my skin to make a basket so you can fly to heaven with your twin sons and find your wife, weaving fair lady. But water buffalo boy could not bring himself to kill his old friend, the water buffalo. Seeing this, the water buffalo lay down, breathed his last breath, and died so that Water Buffalo Boy might find his wife. Water Buffalo Boy made the baskets from the Water Buffalo's skin, which magically took him and his sons to heaven, where he found Weaving Fair Lady. She was glad to see her earthly family, but her heavenly father, the Jade Emperor, was angry. He took his knife and split the sky between them so that Water Buffalo Boy and Weaving Fair Lady could not be together. Weaving Fair Lady longed to be with her husband and sons. She knew what to do. She called to her friends the magpies, Come, come build a bridge for my family and me. All the magpies came to her aid and made a bridge with their wings across the chasm the Jade Emperor had cut in the sky. Weaving Fair Lady's mother, the Heavenly Queen, took pity on them. She said, Weaving Fair Lady and Water Buffalo Boy, you may meet in the middle of the bridge one special night out of the earth year. They became... Weaving Fair Lady and Water Buffalo Boy stars. The chasm is the Milky Way. The bridge is the galaxy between their stars. And once a year, 
under the first quarter moon on the seventh day of the seventh lunar month, which usually falls in August, they meet. This is Chi Shi, a day for lovers, or the Chinese Valentine's Day. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Find the love. Find all of our storytellers at their websites and tell them that you heard them right here on Story Story Podcast and you want to hear them tell even more stories? Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. If you have questions or comments for the podcast, send them to storystorypodcast at gmail.com. If you send us an email, let me know the favorite story you have heard, all the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. Hey, Rachel Ann, whose beautiful brains were behind the fairy tale sponsor? Well, if you must know, they were mine. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was inspired by some very special listeners. And Brandy, Joan has a very important question for you. Hey, Brandy, Joan has got a question for you. Yes, Brandy, Brandy. You, Brandy. Jonah's Brandy. I hope there's only one Brandy and Jonah listening. Oh, by the way, the music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week. But until then... Live happily ever after. And Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.